to episode 717 of The Sleeper and the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? Hey, remember last week we were talking about how hot is, hot, hot it was in your place? Yeah. Is yeah, it... that's made its way to the East Coast. Uh, oh, okay. It is. Nice we, are on Hell's front, we are on Hell's Front Porch this weekend. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. It's, it's noon right now, and I have no desire to go outside. Uh, the heat index is... Is somewhere close to 110, and uh, if I do go outside, it's gonna go sit in the pool. But it is it is hot here, uh, which matches what it was when I was in Florida for most of this week. Uh, went there Tuesday, got home yesterday, and uh, yeah, nasty East Coast warmth. But it's supposed to be 80 degrees Tuesday, so we got a cold front coming down from the north. So thank you, Tim McLeod and Patrick Davitt, uh, and any other Canadian I'm forgetting, Rob Silver, all of you guys, really appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all of a sudden it kind of uh, cooled off here, so which I, I highly appreciate, uh, especially because I think like right now it's only like sixty five degrees at, at nine wow. in the morning, which is that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's like perfect weather for me. So, uh, but we're going to talk some baseball today, not just about the weather. Uh, we got one notable transaction, and then we're just going to talk about a bunch of guys uh, who are going to be available in Fab this week. Uh, a lot of them are deeper league guys. There weren't a lot of you know, 12, 15 team league uh, necessarily guys or must pick up guys, uh, but a lot of guys for NL only or deeper 15 team mix. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about them uh, and uh, kind of uh, go from there and see if uh, anything else kind of just pops up in our brain. Uh, we'll start with uh, Kevin Kiermeyer to the IL. Uh, this is going to be disappointing because I think it was, was it last week we were talking about, uh, or maybe I was talking with Paul uh, about it. Uh, you know, he's been great this year. So this is this is really disappointing for us. He's been a compiler this year, and and I always joke he's the one MLB guy I know that blocks me on Twitter. I don't remember if, if I've ever said anything dumb except stop chasing high fastballs. But if he had not, I would probably get blocked at this point because he hurt himself sliding into first base. We oh. have we have the science that says sliding into first base doesn't make you any faster than running through the damn bag. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing, it was a it was probably his millionth ground ball to the right side on the pitch he never should have swung at to begin with. Uh, and it was one of those bouncers, and Jose Abreu was coming. Uh, you know, didn't have to range that far off the bag, so he was running back to him. Had he been running through the bag... Uh, maybe Abreu tries to dive at him for a tag. So Abreu was trying to step at the bag to beat him there. Uh, you know, maybe that was part of the decision process, but nothing good coming comes from sliding in the first base. Uh, he hit the bag so hard, his thumb guard popped off. He has one of those uh, uses oh, with no. his bat that popped off. So he has, need, doesn't need surgery. Uh, you know, I, so whatever, you know, the guy gets hurt every single year. He hadn't gotten hurt yet. You knew it was coming and it is good. Now it has happened. I think, if anything, it helps avoid some roster crunch issues. They called up Gamma Heredia, but they've got both Matt Duffy and uh, Nate Lau coming back. Yeah, uh, uh, Brandon Lau did it again. Shit, uh, <laughs> Brandon Lau coming back this week, and so they were going to be in a bit of a roster crunch. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I could see them setting Heredia back down um, in this in this situation. So maybe it's not two infielders and we'll get to a little more of that later, uh, in this, but really what they'll do because they need the outfielder in, especially defensively. Do you really want Avisel Garcia playing center? Like yesterday? Well, I mean, (laughs) I know he can do it, uh, not necessarily in a pinch, but you know, somewhat regularly, but don't you want that defensive replacement? Uh, you would think so, but let's be real. If they can't hit, there nothing's happening. They suck right now. Uh, but, so, but yes, ideally they would. That's where things should go. Uh, him hanging around for defense, but you can't have Heredia in the lineup every day. He's terrible. He's, he's just yeah. an empty bat, absolute empty hitting tenth bat. So um, I don't know what they'll do. I think the easiest call was to call him up, uh, but you know this is what it is. Maybe they have Meadows play center field. Yeah, that that might be the solution. I, I mean, it really helps keep. Uh, Nate Lowe uh, in the lineup and, and on the you know on the active roster. Hopefully we don't now don't have to worry about him going back down or him trying to play third, which was something they were kind of toying with. Is an interesting prospect uh, of an idea. So uh, you know at least it kind of clears up some roster spots, like you said, or, or clears up the roster crunch at least for the time being. Uh, but just a bummer. I mean, this is a guy who just hurt, ends up hurting himself all the time, and 
he was having a decent year. Uh, I was enjoying the few shares I had. Don't slide into first base. Period. Uh, let's talk about some fab pickups. Uh, I don't know if there's a hotter player right now than Tyler O'Neill, uh, but he's been on fire since being recalled. Uh, is this just a hot streak that is going to fade away like we've seen before, or is this something you think he can maintain? It's a bit of a it's a bit of both. I mean, it definitely is a heater. I mean, when you look at we talked about him into the in the spring training when he got demoted, we're like, hey, you can't strike out forty six percent of the time to keep your major league job. So you know, when he went down to when he went since he's come back, uh, you know, he went down in triple since he's come back. I'm sorry, no, in triple A, uh, he had two sixty one and struck out thirty two percent of the time. So it's but he slugged five twenty eight again. Triple A baseballs, blah blah blah. But the strikeout rate improved. Now, 32% is still crap, but it's better than where he was. Uh, you know, so right now, this is what when you make hard contact, you can have you can find success. Problem is, Statcast thinks he's outpacing his expected stats by 50 points. So that's where he's making improvement. But this is not the contact that he's he's out outperforming uh, the contact. So temper expectations. I, I saw somebody tweet yesterday, the other day. Uh, Tyler O'Neill is now Austin Riley. Prove me wrong. Something to that extent. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know that he's Austin Riley, but I am a bit encouraged from what I've seen in terms of how he looks at the plate. He's just not flailing wildly necessarily in everything. Uh, that being said, he still swings way too much outside the zone. And then that's his main problem. He's making good contact in the zone. Uh, he just swings outside. He's he's got to be more patient, and I just don't understand uh, how he can be more, how he can show more patience in the minor leagues. He's had double digit walk rates in the minor leagues. It was it was seven point one percent in in AAA this year, uh, under four percent so far in the majors. O- only one hundred and three plate appearances, but still, that's he, he's got to lay off the stuff that's outside and. Uh, he's just not doing that. That being said, he plays fantastic defense, um, and he's got a ton of power, and this team needs uh, needs something if they're going to stay in this race. So I don't know if they're necessarily planning on staying <laughs> in the race. They they may end up, they may turn into sellers uh, if they hit a cold streak here, but uh, I think they, they, they're going to need to kind of rely on him right now, and so I think for that reason alone, he's going to get playing time. Yeah, I, I agree. But, uh, you know, we've seen where this could go before. Uh, but, again, he made improvements in AAA. That's what you want to see. But a 50-point gap between actual and expected, concerning. Just, yeah, just know that while he could help you quite a bit right now, he could also end up back in the minors in two weeks. Now, there's only, what, seven weeks left? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still a decent chunk of playing time. There, There is, you know. It's one of the reasons why... I keep kind of reiterating, don't give up in your leagues. This is a really good time to start trying to catch up uh, if you've been behind. So, uh, Your boy, Travis Dierno, <laughs> he's been on fire recently. One of the top pickups of the week uh, at catcher over on CBS and ESPN. He's got nine home runs this year, uh, and I think they've, what, all come since he came over to the Rays? Three of them in one game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so – this is the point where I remind you guys that that uh, Mike Zanino is trash as a hitter. He sucks. He absolutely – I hate Mike Zanino more than the Cowboys at this point. Yeah, yeah I saw that text last night. Yes, his at-bats are just abhorrent. They are so bad. Uh, and Darnell was clearly the number one catcher. Zanino was getting one to two days a week. Uh, the problem with the schedule since the All-Star game is the Rays have now had two doubleheaders. Uh, so Zanino's had to play more than uh, – Anybody had hoped, uh, but we're talking his OPS like 550. I mean, the thing about Darno, what's impressive about the power is like it's it's been to all fields too. I mean, he, the three home runs were all to right field. Yeah, the last one was a Yankee Stadium special, but the other two would have made it out anywhere uh, except for San Francisco probably. Uh, so, but well, that's no the thing. Go out of there. Yeah. Uh, so that's really yeah, that's what's been impressive there, and he's making really good contact. And the thing is, Statcast validates it. 391. Woba, 391 expected Woba. So it's like it's it's not one of these things where he's out of his mind. He's made some changes. He's quick to credit Chad Matola 
former UCF all-time great, uh, as as making as changing him at the plate. Uh, every time they interview him after the game, he's always talking, motor did this, motor did this, motor did this. Um, and so he's made some changes. You can see some of it in the lower half if you watched him as a um, with the Mets or the two weeks he played with the Dodgers. Uh, you could see some changes, a little bit of things he's made there. But he's an everyday catcher now, uh, and he's not going to lose that job. He's doing well. Uh, Zanino may be a better framer, but Zanino is his at bats are pure trash, and uh, Darno can actually hit 115 WRC plus and joining Tampa Bay. I mean, I don't know that we can count his Dodger stint as two weeks. I know it's technically two weeks, but he only had one pinch hit plate appearance. <laughs> so, uh, hey, it makes your research easier. Just go back and watch that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how much has changed since he went to LA, but uh, things have definitely changed for him in Tampa Bay, and, I mean, the biggest thing for him is he stayed healthy. I mean, the he, he's always had promise. He's just not been able to stay on the field. Uh, and so far, he has been able to stay on the field and behind the plate, uh, which is a big deal for him. So as long as he can do that, that lineup is good enough. Where, uh, you know, obviously he's not going to have uh, <laughs> any more three-homer games, but wouldn't I don't know, he's me. got some games against Baltimore coming up. Oh, that's true. Wouldn't surprise me to see him hit another seven, eight home runs rest of the way, though. Sure, it's possible. My my biggest worry is the Dodgers traded him to Tampa Bay for cash considerations. Um, by season's end, that cash could be like fifty million dollars. I may be exaggerating a little bit, but <laughs> just a tad bit. <laughs> this was this was not what anybody expected coming out of him. So uh, yeah, but again, the schedule. They're done with the Yankees except for two games at the end of the season. So a lot of their unbalanced schedule is a lot of Toronto, a lot of Baltimore, uh, some games against Boston. Uh, the schedule, they've got uh, a Houston one sometime in September. The schedule is a lot better uh, for them. So he doesn't get any more. Uh, I think the Yankee Stadium games are at the end of the season after the AL, the AL East is already over. But, uh, you know, he's when you look at the where he's going to be hitting types of thing. I don't think it's impossible to get 10 home runs the rest of the way if everything breaks right, given the way the ball's continuing to fly out in July. All right. Uh, what about his teammate, Mike Brasseur? Is, uh, I, I'm sure I butchered that. Brasseur. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you uh, butchered Darno too. but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but he's uh, hitting 309, 333, 618 in 57 plate appearances, four home runs. Uh, is there a chance that he can hold on to playing time once Lau comes back? See, that's the thing. Uh, that's what I was hinting at earlier about the roster crunch. I mean, when you look, the, the thing that benefits him is he's right-handed uh, and he can move around. Like he's played uh, some second. Uh, you know, he's got the ability to move around the the, the diamond a little bit. Uh, can't play shortstop, but um, honestly, I think it's going to be Joey Wendell being sent down and possibly even Adamas. Uh, Wendell's been awful. Uh, and they've had to use him at shortstop, and that that has not worked out well. That's where Duffy will at least help out. But uh, the, the thing with Brasso, what's and that's how you say his name, by the way, just one flat Brasso. Uh, he, you have to watch his swing. It's really like an old school swing. You, you go back and watch some of those old videos in the day, and they talk about swinging down at the baseball and all that. And you see uh, like Mike Schmidt talking about it and Gary Carter. That's what Brasso looks like at the plate. He like keeps two hands on the bat, and he just really it looks like he's chopping down at the baseball. In this day of uh, of people trying to elevate everything, he's not trying to do that at the plate. Uh, really pull. I mean, he really tries. He he's pulled a couple of monster foul balls. Uh, that would have been way deep home run just down the line. So he's like very, he's hunting that inside pitch. Uh, my concern is that that you know that second time around, hit's going to start getting exposed. It's already starting to show up. His expected stats, he's way outperforming his expected stats. Um, and it's just that that scouting report is going to figure out. Don't throw this guy inside. Just throw him away and see what can happen. But if you miss in, he does hit it hard. Uh, now as soon as he starts facing more teams that don't miss in. That's where the problem's going to come in, I believe, for him. But right now, I think he saves his job because he's right-handed more than anything else. Yeah, he's an interesting, got an interesting profile. He's swinging seventy-six point four percent of the time inside of the zone, uh, and it's uh, he's making contact, making a lot of contact. You know, over eighty percent O contact, over eighty uh, percent uh, zone contact. So making a ton of contact. I just worry that. Especially, he's got almost a forty percent O swing percentage. Yeah, that's going to come back to haunt him at some point. Well, this is the guy. 
this is the guy that made that, that allowed them to trade Nick Solak to Texas. I mean, these two guys were on the same on the same growth uh, path, and neither of them are very good defensively. But Solak is particularly not good uh, defensively. But Brasso was at, was showing a little more in the field, and they were happy with his offensive development. And they, they have a forty man roster crunch coming soon, and you start addressing it now while you can get some value before everybody else looks at it and says, <laughs> "Good luck with that." Uh, so they, that's why they traded Solak, uh, for this. I never would have expected that four months ago, but that's the kind of growth. And that's how happy they've been with Brasso's, uh, work in Durham this year. So, um, again, with they got a bunch of games against Boston coming up here the next couple of weeks with all the left-handers on that roster, I don't think it's Brasso being sent down. All right. Uh, Alex Young, he has been, uh, impressive in his early, uh, uh, kind of work. I, I talked about him, I think with Paul. Uh, not too long ago, and I'm not overly impressed by uh, his pedigree or his stuff in general. But he's made it work thus far. Is he a guy you're willing to pick up this week? Well, he's got he's got a, a, a single start. I'm not sure if it's against Baltimore or Miami, but that's the Arizona uh, opponents this week. And so, if you're in a weekly lineup, uh, if you've got Arizona, yay! Uh, as long as depends which Baltimore team shows up. Uh, sometimes they can lay the wood on you, then sometimes they just can't hit anything. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this this morning with Alex Young. These are the types of guys I wish I could figure out, like, hey, this guy with very pedestrian stuff is going to do really good right out of the gate and then be able to dump him before he hurts you. But he's had three starts. Obviously, the ERA has been fantastic because nobody's scoring against him. Uh, and everything everything's going his way and just be able to like pick up three wins like this out of nowhere because you look at the scalp you look at the scouting profile of this guy you're like how is he going to do it i mean there's just there's nothing there pass this is going to be garbage no way even if you were to like you start you you stats get you're like oh wow i mean that strikeout rate really jumped from last year in triple a but he was getting shelled around in triple a too why would he not get shelled around in the majors pass maybe you throw a dollar on him in the only league and then he has three wins uh, and so for me, it's like, I think you've missed the fun here because statistically the bad times are coming. Everything, everything has gone his way over three starts. So the bad, the bad times are coming. And I want to think about Alex Young as we get to the last guy, um, that we have on the list too, because I think that, I think that's a good comp, uh, for this situation where, why I would recommend, you know what, let's go ahead and try that because I think it's a similar profile there. Well, why don't we just talk about uh, Ryan Barucki then, kind of right now, and then, uh, and we'll do, we'll just we'll put them together a little bit. Uh, would you rather have him, especially since he has a two start week this week? Yeah, I, I would. I mean, he's got a two start week this week. Uh, it's his first start of the season. He had, you know, in spring training, we heard that he was throwing ninety three, ninety five. We're like, oh wow. Then he got hurt. Uh, they felt some elbow discomfort. They weren't sure. They eventually found it was a bone spur in his elbow. Uh, and so he's had all this time off. And so he's been pitching on a rehab assignment. So he's coming up, making a two-start week this week. Uh, but they said he's back down to 90-93. So he's back where he was last year. Uh, and so we saw what he we saw what he was last year. And so it gives us the ability to look at it and say, okay, maybe that, that can work again. I mean, uh, Barucki was one of the guys that I'd like I'd like coming into the season. Uh, you know, he talks about him. He wears number 56 because he likes to pitch like Mark Burley. Uh, that's that's his way of doing things. Excellent changeup for him. Uh, and so I'm intrigued with Barucki coming back, um, especially with a two-start week. And I would prefer him over Young just because we know what he can do. Uh, and two-start versus one-start. Well, one of the starts is against your Rays. No worries there. None. Okay. Uh, None. And then I believe... They are hitting hitting shit right now. None. (laughs) (laughs) I believe uh, the the Diamondbacks and Alex Young are getting Miami in Miami. No, that's not... Not a bad You know, definitely, I still want Barucky, but I mean, even they uh, they did pretty good against the Dodgers last night. Yeah. They they have... I mean, every once in a while, they'll, they'll kind of string together... Uh, some, you know, an interesting stat line against the team you wouldn't necessarily uh, expect them to. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going Barucky, especially with the two starts, you just have a better chance of racking up, you know, a win or two and then 
uh, the more strikeouts. I think that's probably the direction uh, that I would go. Uh, but I, I can understand people taking the shot on Alex Young with how good he's been. I just I just don't trust the stuff. It, it, it's really just a, a bunch of average pitches that he that he can kind right. of mix in well. And when he's mixing it in well, it, it, it's great. But uh, there's some regression coming in that walk rate and that home run rate that kind of scares me a little bit. The only thing that <laughs> makes me a little bit more uh, comfortable with using him, obviously, this, this week – is the Marlins are the worst team in baseball against left-handed pitching uh, uh, in terms of WOBA. Yeah, that that definitely helps. I mean, that's, you know, getting back to comparing the two pitchers, though, but, like, at least Barucki, I mentioned the changeup. It's really good. Uh, big whiff rate. So he has that. That's really, if you were just to compare these two in a vacuum, let's say they both had a single start week or they both had two start weeks. You know, the benefit there is, you know, the uh, Marlins terrible against lefties. But Barucki, really good changeup. Uh, and it, when, it, when it push comes to shove, at least he has that weapon he can use um, to help neutralize offenses. All right. Uh, Tyler Beattie, he's been pretty good as of late. Um, one of my giants. Uh, former, I think I think he was twice a first-round pick. Um, uh, and so, uh, former top prospect for the Giants, kind of lost a little bit of his sheen as he was coming up because he struggled in the minor leagues. Uh, but seemingly starting to put it together. Are you interested in Tyler Beatty? Uh, I mean, he's he's actually finding the strike zone with more regularity. It's it, There's room for improvement, obviously. Still, the walk rate's still too high. I mean, for him, obviously, it comes down to uh, how deep can he get into a game. And if he's walking, you know, three and a half to four and a half runners per nine innings, that's going to limit his ability to stay in the games. Uh that's honestly what it comes down to for me. Is it, can he can he find the strike zone with regularity? I mean, he has stuff, but command of the stuff, eh? That's been the problem in a NL only league. Yes, in a mixed league, I'm not ready. I think I'm ready to take a shot on him. Fifteen team mix. Uh, all of a sudden, like you know, he was a guy that kind of struggled with <laughs> with. Uh, uh, his his command and his consistency, but all of a sudden, uh, the slider's looking good and the curveball's looking better, uh, and I think that's going to be uh, kind of key to his success is those two offerings, uh, and he he gets to pick pitch in that Giants park. You know, I know they're they're hot right now, and there's there's this talk of well they're going to compete, but let's be honest, this team is not going to compete. They're probably you know as long as they can lose some games before the trade deadline they'll have the excuse to go off and sell. Uh, and so I don't think his spot in the rotation is in jeopardy, even if he has a bad uh, starter, well, too. Yeah, that I would agree with. I mean, if you look at his game long, it kind of gets to the point I was talking about. Like, when he walks, guys, he's out of the game early. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't, he's deep. I mean, his last three starts, seven innings, six and two-thirds, and eight. One walk, zero walk, zero walks. Yep. But when he's walking, dudes, five and a third, four, six, four and two-thirds, five, six, that's that's the difference. As long as he can command, right now he's on a three game heater where he's doing it. Uh, it's been at the you know, home with the Mets at Milwaukee at San Diego. So two of those three lineups, not too shabby. He's been able to do it, but it's it all comes down to can he control his walks? Yeah, I, and I'm just I'm I'm a little bit more impressed with his command as of late. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's move on. We'll talk about uh, Andres Munoz who is uh, one of the top prospects. Well, this is the Padres section yeah, of the podcast. We're, we're just going to call shit. this the Padres section <laughs> of the podcast because we're about to talk about, I think, four or five guys uh, that are Padres prospects that are uh, coming up uh, or have come up or, or going to be coming up in the next day or two. Uh, and so they're probably going to be among the, uh, the kind of big uh, fab bids. Uh, Andres Munoz, Luis Urias, Michael Baez, Adrian Moron. Uh, which of these are you interested in grabbing? I think the one thing, one thing that we that we were talking about before uh, we started recording, the Padres have now recalled 13 of the 30 prospects that Eric Longhang and Kyle McDaniel had rated before the season. That that number matches what Baseball America has. 13 mm-hmm. of 30. That's unheard of uh, to me. I mean, I think long term. Munoz is the one that excites me because there's been so much talk about uh, Kirby Yates being traded, even though he's not a free agent until next year. 
there's been this you keep hearing his name floating around in rumors and Craig Stammen hasn't been pitching that great it's like Munoz is the kind of guy that profiles like he can come up late uh, work in the late innings and do a lot of damage back there uh, in that particular capacity if the team is like you know what we're going to go ahead with the rookie we're not going to go find some old fart to come in and do something uh, that's the guy that really excites me uh, right now because let's say Yates gets traded in the next two weeks honestly I think that rolls wide open and maybe he comes up and does something with it yeah I, I, I completely agree with you I, uh, I stashed uh, him in NL Tout uh, a few weeks ago. And so I, I got him, uh, I think, for free or maybe a buck. Um, yeah, you got to buy him. You got to buy minor leaguers for a buck. You can't buy him at yeah. zero. Okay, so I got him for a buck uh, in, in NL Tout, uh, getting to throw him in my my lineup. And just, you know, I, I don't know that the Padres are necessarily going to trade Yates. Uh, but if they do, like you said, I think that, that situation is completely wide open in the, that bullpen. Uh, obviously, I think uh, I think Urias has some uh, kind of uh, value. Kinsler's been awful, and there's no reason for them to not kind of give Urias a, a chance to play. Now, he's going to hit at the back end of that lineup, at least to start, but he's a guy that's shown, you know, good enough on-base skills that he should be batting, you know, closer to the top of that lineup at some point. So, oh, yeah, definitely, eventually. I mean... What are Padres? Forty six and fifty two. Last time I looked, uh, they are currently, uh, yeah, forty six and fifty two. Yep, five games out of the wild card. I mean, let's be real. This this team could be, or they should be, right near the top of the best teams in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. When you talk about this much talent coming up at this point, the rest of the season should be used to set the stage for twenty twenty. Yep. DFA Kinsler if you already haven't done that. That's done. It's over. Bye. Trade him for uh, anything. Bag of baseballs. A six-pack. A cash considerations, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but use the rest of the season to get ready for 2020. And don't hold on to it. And that's why with Yates, I mean, they did this with Brad Hand when they traded him. Uh, Yates is uh, his final year of arbitrations coming up this year. It's going to be expensive with the kind of season he's having right now. I mean, his contract is just over three. That could easily double. But you're going to lose trade value with him if you go into next season with him on your roster because everybody knows he's going to free agency um, after that. And the qualifying offer at that point could be 20-something million dollars. If I'm a reliever, I jump all over that. Uh, So if you could trade him now and there's the marketplace for it when you look at – you know, the Twins have to be freaking out a little bit. Twins are not playing really good baseball of late. And their bullpen is not holding games. Uh, You know – just name about anybody's trying to contend. I mean, we've got two divisions done. I mean, the AL East and the NL West are over. Forget about it. So wait, we only wait, have four wait. divisions. You, you, think, you don't think the Giants can come back from 16 games? No. Right. Sorry. Those divisions are over. So yeah. that's, you know, so it comes down to does anybody in the, um, does anybody in the Central want to distinguish themselves from one another? I mean, you got St. Louis, Milwaukee, and Chicago all within three and a half games. But to me, this is this is I have I have a huge trade ship uh, trade ship. If I'm AJ Preller, this is what I do. I trade him and I, I open this wide open. Yeah, I, I don't. Man, there's so many teams that could use Yates. I just I don't know what the market is for relievers anymore. Sometimes it feels like we're paying a ton for him, and then sometimes no one. I mean. Everybody had a shot at uh, at Kimbrel. Well, I think it combines it. I mean, and you know, it's too late now. The Rays were runners up on Kimbrel, but uh, you know, I think it's going to be a package thing where it's like Renfro and Yates because the, obviously the oh, Padres still have to do something about all these outfielders. Yeah, that they've got too be, many. That'd be a pretty sweet package. I, I don't but know that Minnesota. That's kind would of where I see. And I don't know Minnesota can't make that work. Um, I don't think they have the the roster spots for that. But that's the kind of thing that's going to I think has to get done because. Yeah, you got Franimal. You you still have um, um, his twin brother, the other dude uh, that I've had on my Franchi Cordero. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got they have this outfield. But Cordero's they have, hurt. I know, but I'm talking about next year. I oh, mean, the, when you go year. into uh, when you go into like well, I haven't taken a look at who needs to get added to their 40 man roster, but you know they've got a bunch of dudes. Uh, and when you when you've promoted this many you know, 13 of your 30 top prospects, they've got some roster shuffling. So I I, I don't. I struggle to find an opportunity where Yates is going to be traded by himself straight up. Yeah, no, I I, I don't know that they're going to package uh, an outfielder with him only because 
the majority of teams that need a uh, need a reliever don't necessarily need an outfielder right now. I mean, yeah, is uh, you know, is Atlanta gonna like part, where where would they put Renfro on, on the bench? Like, why make that trade? Uh, True. You know, I mean, Philadelphia could use an outfielder, but do they really need Yates? I mean, I guess they could use them, but I don't think that that's their their top priority. Uh, I mean, you know, Milwaukee can't use an outfielder. I don't think the Cubs are trading for an outfielder uh, or Yates for that matter. Um, I don't know what the hell St. Louis is doing. I I, I have no idea what that what that franchise is doing <laughs> right now. But I, I think they're probably going to separate places. That being said, I think they're both. Well, I think Renfro is definitely going to be on the move at some point. Uh, here in the next uh, two weeks, uh, Yates. I don't know. Maybe they decide they want to keep him uh, for a run next year. Uh, another guy that isn't on the list, but uh, someone to monitor, or if you are an NL only or deeper formats, uh, and you can uh, roster unlimited or a lot of uh, IL players. Uh, Garrett Richards made, I believe, his first uh, um, rehab start and reported looked really, really good. Wow. So, uh, forgot, I completely forgot. I, a, I forgot about that name, and B, I forgot he's on a two year deal. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, uh, he, 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 I believe, threw two innings. Yep. Uh, and I saw a few pitches on Twitter, but I, I haven't, like, seen the whole, the whole rehab start or anything. But, uh, reports were he looked really, really good, uh, in his, uh, in his initial rehab start. Again, nice push for 2020. Get him ready. And, uh, yeah, I forgot that was a was a two eight deal, something like that. Uh, it was two fifteen and a half. Oh crap! So it was eight million a year. Um, all right, uh, let's go ahead and move on and talk about Luis uh, Robert, uh, who isn't necessarily coming up, but with Eloy Jimenez hitting the IL, there have been a lot of people who are snatching him off of waiver wires. So the question for you, Jason, is: Are you going to snatch him off a of waiver wire? I want to see him play in Charlotte first. Damn it! Uh, yeah, he just got up here, and they with uh, they called Adam Engel up. Uh, Engel's looked pretty good um, in his return since uh, you know, since coming up himself. Engel, uh, you know, obviously they've liked him defensively, and he's got a lot of speed. But the hit tool has never really uh, followed him. He's hit well down here in Charlotte, uh, but Robert's the future. Obviously, uh, I just want to see him play down here first. Please don't go. I don't want him up there yet. Uh, if he is, uh, if we follow, if, if it wasn't for the injury, because if we follow last year, I mean, this time last year we were all screaming for Eloy to be called up, and he never was, right? And so that's how I envision with Robert too, because he started very very similar track. Started in A and high A, went to Birmingham, now is in Charlotte, hitting extremely well in Charlotte. Uh, you know, on the season, 21 home runs, 1046 OPS. I mean, everything is, but this is exactly what happened with Eloy last year. And Eloy was never called up. And, and under special, I don't, I don't know how you go back and maybe they say, okay, we learned our lesson last year. We should have called Eloy up. Um, but they haven't done that here. Uh, now the other thing I'm, is I don't, I, I don't think there's, I don't think you're calling them up until he signs a deal like Eloy did. That's the only reason uh, Eloy started the year up was because he signed that deal. Well, that, and I don't believe he's on the 40 man roster either. Ooh, that's so I'll check that. Yeah. I don't know if he's on the four. I was trying to find that. I don't think he's on the 40 man roster. So you know, why create the Why create a roster crunch if I don't need to? Yeah. I think that's uh that's a good point. He is not on the 40 man roster. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think, I mean, he may come up in September, uh, though. Didn't they change the rules on September call-ups, or was that? Yes. Something? So I don't, I don't even know if that that's going to be uh, a thing. So I think it'd be pretty foolish of them from an arbitration uh, standpoint and starting clock and everything on him uh, for them to bring him up. Um, and I think they want to see what they've got in some of these other guys that are on, you know, kind of up right now. AJ Reed, they they got him off of waivers uh and then ryan cordell has been playing quite a bit i think they want to want to see what they've got out of these guys so uh in spite of the fact that uh eloy is injured he's also supposed to be back pretty quick so i don't think i think people who are picking him up are probably wasting fab right now 
We saw that. We saw the same thing happen last year. Yep. All right. Uh, last uh, one. Uh, Rubel Garcia is playing quite a bit in uh, Chicago for the Cubs. Uh, any chance he's worth a pickup? Um. Uh, sure. <laughs> if he's playing quite a bit, getting back to our point, six, six, seven weeks left in the season. God, it's depressing to even say it. Not that lot. Maybe there's more time than that. But we're, you know, we're on the downside of the season, and we've got about sixty percent of it played with forty percent of it back. Uh, if you're playing, I'm willing to give you a chance. I think we got about ten weeks left. All right, so it's not quite as drastic as as I think we we initially thought. Uh, he is playing, um, playing a, a fair amount and over Addison Russell. Uh, he's also striking out forty percent of the time. So yeah. the three thirty three, uh, <laughs> three sixty seven, eight eighty nine triple slash he's put up in eleven games um, is probably not going to hold up for very long. Uh, he's probably more of like a two thirty, two forty hitter. Uh, this is just a hot streak. I think if you want, you can ride the hot streak for a little while, but. Just be ready to jump off because I don't think it's going to last very long. Yeah, so he thirty-one percent strikeout rate down in triple, down in double uh, A and triple A as well this year, but uh, also with twenty-one home runs. Um, I honestly don't know <clears throat> much about his history, but it's weird that he has a six-year gap in his st- statistical history. Like uh, that is weird. 2010, 11, 12, 13, then 19. Like, where did he go from ages 21 to 25? Um, that's uh, I, It appears he may have been playing ball internationally in Italy. Yeah. I know nothing <laughs> about this. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really either. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to search it as we talk and kind of figure it out. After uh, being completely out of major league system and playing in Italy for five years. There, there you go. go. You signed him on a minor league contract. All right. Well, <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this is some black magic that they've kind of lucked into or something. But ultimately, I, I think this is probably just a hot streak. And he's going as pitchers get to see him. Because, I mean, not only was he not playing in major league baseball, because he wasn't playing in minor league baseball, nobody has film on the guy, I'm sure. Right. And, so. and write it. Write it out. Maybe he's a Joe Charbonneau. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just disappointed we don't have his Italian stats. I would love to see what that looked like. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't even know what the level of competition would be considered over there. He's got some, like, if you're looking at, if you look at uh, positional flexibility, in a five-game league, he's already at second base. In a one-game league, he's got outfield and second base eligibility. So, deeper, you know, deeper NL leagues, yay. Mm-hmm. Like, where is he at in Tout Wars? Um, I'm sure he's available. I, I, I can't imagine. Um, uh, I, that, I'm probably wrong. I'm, probably, I'm sure he's probably. Probably got picked up last week. Probably but, got picked yeah. up last week. So, uh, but uh, give me a second. I'll see see what he went for. Uh, but I, I didn't put a bit on him. I You know, I didn't believe he was a real person. Uh, <laughs> well, to be honest, so. you sent me the rundown today. I was like, "All right, one of these is going to be a fake name." He's just playing with me. <laughs> it, it's not a great list. Um, it doesn't appear he was picked up last week, so now I'm wondering if he is uh, still available. I'm doing a search. Wow, Phil Hertz is in first place in NL. Look at that. Oh, did he finally jump up there? He has. Oh wow, he passed Brian. Robel Garcia is on Phil Hertz's team. See, oh, that's well, how you, you get go. into first place. Mm-hmm. Luck, luck into something like that. Uh, oh, Brian. Brian was uh, running away with the league for yeah, a while. Yeah, he was. Uh, and, and now uh, starting to fall back. Brian, I'm still still willing to trade you a closer. Uh, you know? God, that was me running away with the league, fell back, but now I'm back in first place. But it's uh, the crazy thing is I'm in first place in multiple categories, and I can't trade out of them because second and third place is the two teams behind me. Yeah, I made a, a trade with uh, Andy Barons. I, I'm just trying to stay above uh, 60. 60 points. So I'm yeah. trying to get above 60 points because in tout we lose fab if, if you fall below that. Uh, yep. I, I don't know if you can look at my team, but I currently have, let's see, uh, I believe nine guys on the IL. You're like Chris Liss. Chris Liss is the same boat. One, He's two, at 61 three, points. Five, 
six. I have seven guy or seven eight guys on, on the IL. Um, no, I mean, we could wrap we could wrap this up by talking a little bit of strategy thing because I yeah. mean what I was hit, what I was hinting at is I'm in first place in runs, home runs, and OBP. I'm in second place in RBIs. So like like I need my my ERA has been floating between five and seven, WHIP five and seven. I'm no lower than seventh than uh, uh, that would be. Uh, six point. I have seven points. I have at least seven in every category, but you know I have no closers anymore. I have none because I traded away Brad Hand to get uh, Matt Boyd, and then I also traded away Brazier uh, weeks ago, and then I like threw away Alvarado. I'm done. Um, he's hurt. He's pretty much done too. So I have been sitting on that save soda for a while. I had Liam Hendricks like seven weeks ago. Let him go because he was he was just pitching a middle relief and now he's closing and and of course the team behind me has him so he's gaining ground on me that sucks uh, but you know I, I can't trade from those categories because I have the teams right behind me or the ones right behind me in those standings too so I'm kind of hamstrung there uh, in that regard but I can't do anything about that but you're like to your point with like Liss has got Correa Listella Diaz Estadio Carrasco Frazier. All like all injured. Or Frazier's in the minors, but those that's the team uh he's got. But like categorically, I've been looking around to say, okay, what can I do? Like this week, no team has stolen more than five bases. I mean, we're we're into a week. In a full week, nobody has more than five steals. There are teams with zero steals. I am not one of those. I have three steals this week. And that's like the median is three here. But uh one team has four, one team has five. That's it uh on steals. And that's the kind of crazy part. And I think we talked uh uh, you know, we we talked about it a little bit last week about watching the ratios because you can also fall. It's not about where you can claim, but where you can fall, and it really is is like weighing on some of the picks that I have. Like I ha- I have Tommy Malone. I've had him. I'm I'm dropping him this week. I have <clears throat> four bids in to replace him. I've squeezed as much juice out out of that as I can. I got him for strikeouts. He was getting those in that bulk roll, but now he's starting to eat into the ratios. So he's got to go. Uh, and so I've got to find somebody else to get there. I'm still trying to make a, a, a chase in strikeouts that I've made. I was low in strikeouts. And now I'm only 40 behind Nando. But like this week, I've struck out 42 guys. He has 23 strikeouts. So I've I've closed some gap there. Uh, and that's really what I'm trying to do at this point is just trying to close some some of that gap in the strikeouts and get and make that jump to that next. I'm at 733, and then he's at 773, and then Leibowitz, who's on my heels, is at 779. So I'm like looking at that uh, with the offense, trying to weigh it out to say, okay, do I start 10 pitchers this week, or do I start the use the the swing roll for the for an extra hitter? And so really, it's been a week by week thing uh, as I look at okay, who's the, wh- where is that guy pitching uh, and really trying to be more strategic and saying automatically just leave those guys in because you know, this summer the ball obviously is just continues to fly. Um, I'm just trying to see where we were. I believe we're up to 1.39 home runs per game. Um, unless it, let's see here. We are at 1.38 still. Uh, so, which is well up. So but the home runs were flying out in June when we look at June and that's what I'm concerned about. So I'm still staring at these every day. It's a conversation I had with Todd and, and Clay last night on XM um, as well about this because it's, uh, it's freaking me out a little, man. <laughs> well, I think this is a time for people to really kind of take stock of what they're doing in terms of the standings, because Sometimes we go, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm in 10th place in in home runs. Well, and you look and you go, well, there's no way I'm catching 8th place in home runs, so I, I can only gain a point. Uh, you know, maybe I need to just punt that and, and worry about going after other categories. And you also need to look at where other teams that are behind you or ahead of you in the standings can be hurt. And so that way you can maybe possibly make a trade that maybe doesn't benefit you as much as it hurts a team that you're competing with. So yeah, yeah I had a conversation. I was at, this is actually about fantasy football, but I was with some of my colleagues this week and one of them was mad. He's like, man, I can't believe you made a trade uh, to like with somebody else in the league. So I would lose. I'm like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. If I've got an extra receiver and the, and the team that's that I'm playing that I need to get out and they they're hurting, I'll trade them an extra receiver for a second or a third running back. I don't care. And I would do the same thing in baseball too. Like if I'm looking at the, I'm looking at it and say, okay, who, you know, I've got some things here. What can I do here? That's all. That's baseball, man. That's not. That's not cheating. That's just. That's just baseball. And if I can make a, a trade that that helps somebody else's team, 
to allow them to get ahead of somebody in front of them, that's helping my team too. Exactly. And so, (laughs) but I don't think people really look at that necessarily. They're typically just looking at where they're at in the standings, not where they can, you know, potentially help uh, themselves by hurting a a different uh, team. So it's something that you should really monitor is, you know, if you're in second place, look at where that first place team can lose points and then try to figure out, oh, okay, maybe I can trade with this seventh place team give them a, a, you know, what looks like a sweetheart deal, but in the end, it's going to, you know, bring that guy above me down a point or two. Well, that's part of what went into the, when I traded Brad Hand to, uh, to Nando with, uh, for Matt Boyd, Nando was down in saves. Like he was sitting around, I think 20, uh, but that, that saves pack was real tight. I've been sitting at 34 forever because I just can't get these saves because uh, I don't have any, but I made that trade because I said, look, because he's trying to get the 60 as well. Uh, and so I he had plenty of strikeouts. So I said, look, you know, there's a lot of room to be made in the saves category. Uh, yes, the teams that were behind me were also in front of him in the saves category. So I'm like, look, if I can, you take saves, get you on a better path to 60. And now he's at 52, where at the time we made this trade, he was in the 30s. So he's been able to make some progress in there. His ratios have, have improved. Uh, you know, hands still supplying the strikeouts. He's been on a run of late. So it, it, it's helped that. And I got the strikeouts I needed, plus it helped offset that. So that was honestly a part of it. And that's why I targeted Matt Boyd, because it was a two-for-one. It fit my knee. It fit what I needed to get a pitcher with a lot of strikeouts. And if it a guy in a position to make some noise in that saves category thing is he's probably going to pass me in two weeks in that category. So it, that's okay. You know, I, it, it's also kept the other guys down behind. So it's, it's, that's, that's strategy, man. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Any other strategy points that you want to point out kind of for the stretch run? Um, what else do I like to do? I try to try, you know, I try to look at if, if it's possible uh, to try to predict where guys, where roster expansion is going to happen, who's going to come up in September. Easiest thing is to look at who's already on the 40-man roster. Getting back to our point earlier, I mean, there, there is clearly, uh, there is a time where you look at the roster, you're like, look, yes, Lobis Robert is a better player than Adam Engel. He's a better player than Charlie Tilson, whatever, right? But those latter two, they're on the 40-man roster. Robert is not. And we, we see teams do this time and time and time again. Now, I'm saying this while, you know, Rick and Glenn are probably laughing for trading me Ian Miller, who they admitted to me, at least they admitted to me, uh, that Glenn did, that they were going to dump Ian Miller anyhow. And I took him. So, you know, whatever. But I need to speed. Ian Miller's not on the 40-man roster. That's why the Mariners still have not called him up. When they DFA'd Mac Williamson, they called up, uh, I forgot the other guy they called up because he was on the 40-man roster. Yeah, and he was a 27-year-old guy in a 40-man roster, but they called him up because he was there and Ian Miller hasn't been. So I'm holding out hope that Ian Miller is finally going to get called up after the trade deadline, that Mariners make one or two more things, and there's finally a spot. Because at this point, if you're not going to do anything with him, just let him go. Trade him to somebody else. Throw him in a deal. But that's what it comes down to. Stare at the 40-man roster. See who's on the 40-man roster that's not on a roster in your league and start there. Uh, another thing I, I want to mention, if you're needy for saves right now, now is a time, if you haven't already, to start maybe swooping up some of the guys who were behind, guys who could be traded at the deadline. So, yeah. you know, Alex Colomay could be traded. Uh, would it, it wouldn't be surprising to see Wade Davis or Shane Green, uh, Ian Kennedy, um, you know, guys like... Uh, I think Carlos Martinez has been mentioned in trade talks. We talked about Kirby Yates already. Will Smith is definitely uh, in trade talks right now. So Ken, Ken Giles is a guy that has been talked about possibly being moved. Going and grabbing some of those, you know, those setup guys who are in line, probably next in line for saves uh, is, uh, is a really smart thing to do uh, and a cheap way to get saves because in two weeks, when if, if and when those guys are, are traded, they're going to be their backups, uh, and the guy the next man up will be a lot more expensive and fab. Well, Gola, I mean, as, also add Ian Kennedy to that list. Mm-hmm. Why would why would the Royals hang on to Ian Kennedy? They shouldn't. They shouldn't. They should not. Uh, and so I'm, I'm I'm like holding out hope. There's no way it'll happen. My my bold prediction preseason was that Josh Stomont would lead the Royals in saves. So they called him up the other day. So if he can get 18 saves between now and the end of the season, yeah, that's not then accurate. my prediction comes true. It comes through. Yeah, no. He has two saves down in the minors, but he's he's an intriguing guy to me because 
you know, the command has been a problem. 51, 51 in the third innings, 31 hits, 74 strikeouts, but 37 walks. You know, so I'm in, this is why I was intrigued. I want to see what he could do with Kansas City. You know, if they if they do trade Ian Kennedy, and they should, anybody could get saves there. Anybody. Uh, and they got rid of Willie Peralta the other day, so that's not anybody. And I, I would assume that Brad Boxberger uh, is assumed. You know, he, he got released. Yes. So that's you know that's the route. Obviously, the old guys are going. The young guys. I want to see what Josh Dominic can do the rest of the way. Yeah, they're not going to give him saves. <laughs> I am throwing a one dollar conditional bid on him. All right. If he gets two saves rest of the way, uh, I'll buy you breakfast at Tout Wars. Sweet. So, <laughs> all right. I can, I can put him, let's see, right, ooh, right there. He'll be my fifth bid when I release Tommy Malone. That's my conditional bid. We'll make it all the way down to him. Yes. All <laughs> right. What do you got coming up this week? Any uh, any articles coming out? Anything you want to promote? Uh, I have not sat down to figure out what article I'm going to write for Thursday. Uh, I, I've, I need to figure it out. I want to look at. I've reviewed all my bold predictions, so those are all done. Uh, and I don't know. I want to try to. I, I think I want to sit down and dig into dig into Tanaka and why. You know, I, I've been telling Yankee friends they need to trade for pitch. Who we got Tanaka? I think Tanaka's ERA when he's not facing Tampa Bay is now up to like four seventy. Like he has not been good, and I got to figure out what you know, what what he's not doing against those teams that he's doing against Tampa Bay. Why I've never seen a pitcher have that kind of a split. Oh, by the way, it's 14 of, of, of the 50 because uh, Austin Allen had also been called up 14 of the 30. Jesus. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yikes. Um, I don't know. I, I really have, that was one of the ideas that I had jotted down to talk about like, Hey, maybe I'll do that. Um, but it is, uh, I'm not sure. What about you? Uh, lots of podcasts right now. So, I mean, obviously do the Roto Write-Up uh, during the week uh, on the site, Fangraphs. Um, but I think because Paul uh, had, I think, some family in town this week, we couldn't... Uh, oh, that's where he is. He was on a road yeah. with his sister. They drove down to yeah. South Texas. Oh, okay, I think so. I think Remember Huey and Lewis in the news? That's that whole right. One? There you go. They drove from Austin. I think his parents live in Harlingen. Yeah, so uh, that's why we didn't get uh, very many episodes, so... Uh, we're going to plan on trying to get three episodes uh, with him and I uh, this week in. So, and then uh, I've got all my podcasts over Friends of Fantasy Benefits and the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. So uh, we're doing football and baseball over at uh, FWFB and uh, obviously just baseball at TGFBI. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for me. That's going to do it for this episode. For Jason and myself, thank you for listening, uh, and we will talk to you hopefully next week. Oh yeah, definitely good for next weekend.